Hi, I'm Walter Harvey, the senior pastor at Parklawn Assembly of God. Parklawn is a church that both regular attenders and even unchurched people love to attend. Why? Perhaps it's because we seek real and authentic relationships. We're a multicultural church that's engaged in volunteerism and outreach in our community and world. Let's face it, we live in a real world. Young people are facing challenges in their school, relationships, and career choices. That's why we're focused on practical matters, such as making faith work in family, career, and community issues. If you're tired of church as usual, or you don't go to church at all, then Parklawn Assembly of God could be the perfect place for you. Come check it out this weekend. We have services each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Parklawn Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon. God bless you, Park Lawn. It's my privilege to be able to be before you this morning and speak the word of life and share what I believe the Lord has given unto us on today. Uh, tell your neighbor, I'm glad you're here. Get ready. You won't be the same. You see, and I'm not saying that because of me. I'm saying that because we, we have to remember that what we put into it is what we're going to get out of it. And so if we sit with no expectation, then we're not going to really get a whole lot. You might as well be at home on the couch watching TV. It's passive. But when you come to church, it is an active experience. And so when you have that sense of expectation where you are drawn upon the anointing, powerful things can happen for you. And so we speak it by faith that we will never be the same in the name of Jesus. I want to give honor to Bishop Harvey, Lady Judy Harvey. Uh, to my family, my wife. It's been so, 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 so great to be journeying in a different space uh, this time of year. I'm a little discombobulated at times because my body says go to school, <laughs> but that's not my reality anymore. Um, but I, I, I had an a, a incident yesterday. It wasn't bad, but it, it reminded me of my principal days. Uh, and so uh, I'm thankful to God for all that he's been able to allow me to do. Um, in the public schools, but this is a different domain that I'm even more honored to serve in, honored to serve Parkland Assembly of God. Hallelujah. If you don't mind, please turn with me in your Bibles or go on your Bible laps. Hopefully you have an iPhone. If you don't, we're going to keep praying for you. Uh, but go, go to Psalm 104. Psalm 104, verses 1 through 4. Psalm 104, verses 1 through 4. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, Psalm 104, verses 1 through 4. The scripture says, let all that I am praise the Lord. O Lord, my God, how great you are. You are robed with honor and majesty. You are dressed in a robe of light. You stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens. You lay out the rafters of your home in the rain clouds. You make the clouds your chariot. I don't know about you, but I just begin to imagine what that could look like. That's pretty impressive and incredible. You ride upon the wings of the wind. And here's the key verse I want to target right now. The winds are your messengers. Though that word winds is representative of angels. Angels are his messengers. But it says here, flames of fire 
are your servants. King James says, your ministers. Flames of fire are your servants or your ministers. You know, it's very, it's very interesting that uh, we live in a time where, where cinema is, is, is becoming so much more vibrant and, and so much more real and authentic. Even when you look at uh, movie studios such as Pixar, uh, the animations are, are, are in, in advancing and they are being enhanced at an incredible, incredible state. And sometimes, uh, because of green screens and all the things that they have going on, technologically speaking, I can't really tell what's real and what's not. Sometimes it's hard for me. Sometimes when I think it's actually mountainous regions and all these things in the back, I go and look at the, the, the credits and I find out how they made the movie. And in fact, it was a green, a green screen all the time. And it causes me to begin to wonder this question here. Should art imitate life? Or should life imitate art? It's somewhat of a philosophical question, and many have asked that question over the, the course of, of history. And I, I, I wrestle with that. I wrestle with that. In other words, where should we take our cues? Again, Hollywood pumps out tons of movies. Some of them have no real significance, but I believe that in many cases there are some movies that may actually be conveying ideas that you and I need to pay attention to. In particular, I want to refer to these superhero movies that are making billions and billions and billions of dollars. You see, I, I'm one of those guys that, that looks into things, that reads into things critically. I'm not a passive consumer of media. I'm always looking for the message because I understand that media is a powerful medium. It's a powerful way to convey uh, communications. It's a powerful way to get across culture. I don't sit in a passive position. I'm always looking to glean and see what's going on behind the scenes. And in these superhero movies, I recognize that there's a theme, I believe, that Hollywood is conveying to the masses and to the public. And one of those themes, and I, I borrow this from the late uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, he's, he offers this thought, could it be that deep down in our inner Right Deep down in the spirit of man, we know that the very help that we need is actually not of this world. Could it, could it be that the very help that we know will actually bring remedy to the things that ail us is otherworldly? In other words, when we watch these different films and these franchises, we look at uh, the Black Panther and we know about vibranium and that, that came because of a meteor from outer space and it, it hit that particular country and all of a sudden they had this, this cosmic force that was in the ground and with it they were able to create all kinds of technological advances and we look at individuals like Superman and the Green Lantern and all these different experiences help us to understand that there's something about this otherworldly experience that's different than what we have as uh, those who are bearers of the inheritance of the earth. Superheroes do a job that nobody else can do. Uh, when you look at these movies, the cops are doing all they can to fight the creatures, the aliens, the monsters. But when that superhero comes along, things all of a sudden get better. They start to clap and they start to cheer because they recognize that their deliverance has now come. I wonder, should art imitate life or should life imitate art? 
Now, I, I, I happen to believe that in times of, uh, of, of great trauma, in times of, of great trial and tribulation, I believe that God actually sends his best. The Bible bears witness to this fact. When the Israelites called out on behalf of the different nations that persecuted them and oppressed them, if you read the book of Judges, on numerous occasions, they, they fell into oppression because of disobedience. And when they cried out to God, he sent a deliverer. He sent someone that was not able to do what they were able to do. And I believe that Hollywood is in some kind of way, whether they mean it or not, it could be a little bit twisted. It could have some secular humanistic uh, 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 principles and ideas that are, that are latent and inherent within. But I believe that deep down on the inside of man, there's something about us, whether we profess Christ or not, there's something about us that understands that our deliverance is not of this world. And I begin to think about the different superhero depictions, and I, 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 I reflect back on a, 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 a quartet, I guess you could say, or uh, a group of individuals that had uh, these amazing abilities, and they're called the Fantastic Four. Any Fantastic Four watchers, you, you watched them when you were younger? Okay, not that many, but it's all good. But the Fantastic Four were a, a group of friends whose lives were changed forever because of a cosmic force. A cosmic experience happened to them and they were never the same. And when I look at that situation, it kind of reminds me of salvation, right? This otherworldly force arrested them and they were never the same. I don't know about you, but God arrested me one day and I was never the same. He has a power that is out of this world and when it came upon my natural, it rendered me helpless. The things that I wanted to do, I could no longer do. The things that I wanted to say, I could no longer say because I was arrested by this otherworldly power and source. And when I, I look at the list of these different incredible uh, uh, and, 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 and enhanced human beings, the thing, plastic man, invisible woman. There's, a, there's another one who was actually uh, uh, the, the, the invisible woman's brother and his name was Johnny Storm. Sue, Sue Storm was the sister and, and, and Johnny Storm was, was the brother. I believe we can learn some things from Johnny Storm because like many of us, he didn't have a very good beginning story. Like many of us, he came through some trial and some trauma and some tribulation. He lost his mother in a car accident. His father, as a result, became an alcoholic. He went broke uh, and he was actually killed by a loan shark in self-defense. He had a, a rocky upbringing, you could say, and his sister Sue actually began to raise him. Many of us can identify with this kind of story where tragedy has interrupted the trajectory of your life uh, and you were not prepared, perhaps, for what was going to happen as a result of that. This cosmic force, though, arrested Johnny Storm and he had this incredible ability to flame on. Somebody say flame on. He had this incredible ability to, to, to become engulfed in flames, and he had these different powers. He could fly. He could absorb fire harmlessly. Uh, he was flame resistant. Fire would not hurt him. Uh, he could control fires. He had super speed. He had blast power, and he had tremendous energy output. Somebody say flame on. 
You see, I believe in this text, Psalm 104, verse 4, God wants us to know that just like he says here, my, my winds are messengers, but my servants, my ministers are flames of fire. I believe that the otherworldly force that we speak of is the Lord God Almighty. And when he puts his super on our natural, like Johnny Storm, I believe God wants us to light up. I believe God wants us to become engulfed in flames, burning with the power of the Holy Ghost. And just like Johnny Storm, when we say flame on, it triggers something and things begin to happen in our atmosphere. He makes his, his, his ministers, his servants, and if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you profess to be saved by him, come on, blood bought, hallelujah, I've been redeemed. If that is your testimony, then you are a servant of the living God, and I believe that he wants you to show up like a flame of fire today. Hallelujah. Somebody say flame on. And so I, if I could use a subject today, I want to say flame on. Like Johnny Storm, God has given us powers and abilities that we can use to bring heaven to earth. Now, I want to say this because we are in a season of succession and and transition and and also activation. Don't miss it. You you, you see, a lot of focus is being placed upon Bishop Harvey and and, and on myself, and rightfully so. Uh, But it's not just about us. We just sang that song, didn't we? Come on. It's not just about us, though. It's about Jesus. And we all who profess his name belong to him. And so this is also a season of activation, and it's important that we pay attention to what God is saying. It is no coincidence that Bishop released the series in September about the natural church, going back to our roots, having some restoration, uh, uh, engaging in reformation, having renewal, and then being recalibrated. It's no coincidence It's no coincidence God wants to raise us up and enhance us to a 5G life. God wants us to come out of our stupor for those of us who have been wallowing in the state of inactivity. God says, come out of the ruins. I've called you to something greater. Like Paul says, awake, awake, thou that sleepest, and Christ will give thee light. Christ will give you an epiphany, and you will discover who you are, who he created you to be. And now we're talking about honor. Why? Because God wants us to show up a certain way. God wants us to show up a certain way in the earth. You know why? Because Johnny Storm got people's attention. When he flamed on and when he zipped and zoomed past the skyscrapers and into the atmosphere, he got people's attention. When there was a situation that needed to be handled, he and his super friends got people's attention. Why? Because they got results. Somebody say flame on. God wants his people to show up a certain way. But here's the key to flaming on. Here's the key to flaming on. We've got to look like him. We've got to look like him. You see, here's the the main idea. God wants sons and daughters who will bear his image in the earth. He wants those who will carry his glory, his authority, and remind creation of who he is and what he can do. In other words, I I don't know what you heard about me, but I am the living God. As a matter of fact, I'll just leave it with two words, I am. Whatever you need me to be in your time of need, I am. God wants us to show up and show him off. 
But this won't happen unless we activate the word that we've been receiving. And so in continuation of the honor discourse, I want to present it like this. We will flame on. Somebody say flame on. We will flame on when we honor God and when we honor him by doing his word. Hallelujah. The scripture says not only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Words are something else. I don't believe it's coincidence that Solomon said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words are something else. Words can, can tear down, words can deconstruct, and then words can build up, they can erect, they can edify, they can construct some things. And there's no one's words that are more powerful and, and impressive and creative and awesome than the words of God. But now, when I read the scriptures, I see that God's words do things that are incredible. God's words create, they shape, they activate, they stimulate, and they build. Something happens when God releases his words. I go back to the creation narrative and I, I look at Genesis chapter 1 and I see all these words that God released with intentionality. You see, when God speaks, he is not just merely communicating. That's what we relegated to. But when God releases his words, guess what? Creation happens. He said, let there be light. Genesis 1-3, and there was light. Something happened. In verse 6, he says, let there be a space between the waters of the heaven and the earth. And guess what? Something happened. We had the sky. In verse 9, he said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together so dry ground can appear. And I think I call that land. Verse 13, uh, 11, he says, the, the, the Bible says the land began to sprout with vegetation. And then we began to have plants and trees that came forth. And he said, let there be lights. And there was the, 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 the moon and the sun. The greater light, the lesser light, and the stars came into to being. And of course, his crown creation, verse 26 through 28, he says, let us make man. Hallelujah. In our image, God's words create. And I love it because the Hebrew understanding of create right there is this, to make something out of nothing. Come on. His words set things in motion that otherwise would be latent, would be dormant if he didn't speak. The Bible says that God merely breathed and the worlds were created. Isn't that awesome? He merely breathed and the worlds were created. The stars were formed. Hallelujah. By the words of his mouth. In other words, people of God, you need to understand something. God wants us to get this clue. He don't need you to do anything in order for him to move on your behalf. He made something out of nothing. You can come to him broken. You can come to him bruised. You can come to him empty. And he will take something that's ugly and make it beautiful. James Cleveland said he, he took me and made something beautiful out of my life. Hallelujah. Come on, give them praise right there. I don't know about you, but I was in an ugly situation. I thought I was good because I had suits on and I went to church, but I still had some ugly in me, and God took me and made something beautiful out of my life. Hallelujah. There's some things that God has set in motion. Watch this. Because you came to Park Lawn. <laughs> Uh, in other words, everything that God has spoken about Parklawn, if you are a member, it applies to you. And because you belong to Parklawn, there's some things that have been stimulated and activated along the trajectory and journey of your life. You don't even know it. There are appointments two and three years down the road because you belong to Parklawn. 
Why? Because your assignment is linked to the greater assignment. Your path is linked to the path that God has for Park Lawn Assembly of God. So when we commit ourselves to the vision, God is putting things in motion. In fact, it's already done. He is Alpha and he's Omega. All we have to do is step into it. All we have to do is step into it. Hallelujah. Somebody say flame on. Come on. Now, now watch this. <laughs> when we engage the word of God, this is what's literally happening, you all. We are literally, we are literally stepping into what he has said. Now, now, just follow me for a moment. When we engage his word, we literally step into what God has said. In other words, words are like vehicles. Words are like vehicles that can carry us forward to our destiny, right? They also can be vehicles that, that carry us to destruction. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. But uh, Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and they are life. So when the Lord speaks, it's always life. It's always promoting your best. It's always pointing you towards destiny. I don't know about you, but in my time, I've had some cars that I really love. I told myself, hey, when I was in my 20s, I was like, man, I'm trying to be a baller, shot caller, but saved, though. <laughs> I'm not going to jail, but I, I want to be a baller and a shot caller. And my favorite vehicle, Brother Ben, was a 745 BMW, black on black. And it was my plan. It, it was my plan that, you know, when I was in the public schools, the, the students used to use terms that are not so... Uh, let's see, appropriate for church sometimes. And uh, I had a student and he said, you know, when I give me my rod, I'm gonna get my whip, you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And you know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna get this interior, it's gonna look like this, and I'm gonna have hood rich that's in the guts. I said, what's the guts? He said, oh, Mr. Arrington, that's the interior of the car. I said, oh, okay, the guts, okay. Well, you know what, when I get my car, I'm gonna get I'm blessed stitched in the guts. My 745 black on black BMW, that was my dream car. Don't have it yet. <laughs> hey, but pray for me, Minister Tim. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let that anointing fall fresh on me. <laughs> Amen. But what I, what I notice about this BMW, though, is that it has two things that are very important to me. And all of you, when you shop for cars, it has amenities, right? We call them bells and whistles. And it also has safety features. It has amenities and it has safety features. Well, the word of God is just like that vehicle. It has amenities and it has safety features. The scripture says this in Psalm 19 that in keeping the law of God, it says the law of God is good. Hallelujah. It says the law of God warns his servants. Safety features. <laughs> 613 laws. <laughs> safety features. Commands. Safety features. But he also, uh, he also has some promises, amenities, thousands of promise, promises that go for you and go for me. It says this in Psalm 1911, by them are your servants rewarded also. A great reward is for those who keep the laws of God. In other words, if you engage the word properly, there are promises that you are going to be able to benefit from. There are things that you're going to be able to enjoy because you embrace the word of God. Right? Just like those vehicles, if we don't properly use and engage the safety procedures or the safety features, guess what? We put ourselves in harm's way. 
And if you and I don't engage the word of God that the Lord has given uh, to Park Lawn Assembly of God, if we don't step into what he said about us, right, if we don't apply the word that's being delivered unto us, we are not honoring him and we put ourselves in harm's way. Because guess what? Just like things are activated and stimulated to work for your good, come on, we love to say it's working for my good. But if you are in disobedience, guess what? There are also forces that are activated, that are stimulated, that are mobilized to destroy you. Guess what? Heaven is not the only, the only kingdom that heard the word of God concerning this church. Heaven is not the only kingdom that heard the word of the Lord that was prophesied over your life. I don't care if it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, or yesterday. There are demons in hell who have an assignment to cause you to not fulfill your destiny. So I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd rather take those safety features. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather use my blind spot monitor. I'd rather use my seat belt. I'm going, I'm going to make sure the, that the, the airbag is going to pro uh, properly deploy. Hallelujah. Come on. Amenities and safety features. We got to engage this word. Somebody say flame on. If we don't engage the word, guess what? We'll be cruising through life. But inevitably, we will remain in park with the emergency brake on. We ain't going nowhere. Come on, we, 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 will, we will look good going nowhere. You ever see somebody, like, where you all dressed up going, but you ain't going nowhere. We look good sometimes coming to church, but where are we going? If we don't get in the vehicle of the word of God, we will not move forward. I didn't get saved, Brother Ben, this would look all good. I didn't, I, I, I didn't get saved just to get my hair cut a few times uh, in the month and, and come here and say words. I didn't get saved. For that purpose, I got saved because I love him, and he arrested me, and I walked this walk because I love him, and I know he has a calling on my life, and I know he's attached me to a bigger thing than me. He's attached me to something that's greater, to, greater than me. There's a vision that exceeds my wildest imaginations and dreams, and like Paul, I am determined to apprehend that thing for which he apprehended me. So I'm going to forget those things that are behind me, and I'm going to press. I'm going to press. Come on, touch somebody next to you. Say, press. Hallelujah. We must understand we have to engage the word of God. If we don't engage the word of God, we will never flame on. Somebody say flame on. In other words, God wants his church to take off. He wants his church to be burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost. It is Holy Ghost power that will change our world. I love politicians and what they do. They have their place. I'm thankful for the criminal justice system when it works right. I'm thankful for education. I'm thankful for entertainment and media. But guess what? There is only one power that I know that will change the world. Holy Ghost power. We have to engage the word because when we engage the word, we are stepping into life. The Bible says very plainly. Whatever is born of God overcomes this world. Some of us are fighting the same battles because we are doing it independent of what God has said. I don't care what scripture you try to put on it. If you have not stepped into what God has said about you, you are walking in disobedience and the devil has legal right to cause havoc in your life. Keep coming to the altar, but you in disobedience. Uh-oh, we didn't say nothing right there. Keep coming to the altar, but you in disobedience. 
God told you to preach a long time ago, and you said, no, nah, that's not for me. God told you to come forward and serve as a usher, a greeter, or a prayer warrior a long time ago, but you keep putting scripture on it. You keep justifying your disobedience away with that. You are not honoring the word of God over your life. You are not honoring the word of God over this church. You can't smile your way through it. You can't shake hands through it. You have to engage the word of God because it's only the things that come from him that's going to give you the victory. That's why Jesus won the victory. Why? Because he was the only begotten of the Father. In other words, he came from heaven to earth to show us the way. Hallelujah. Whatever's coming from God, the word that he speaks, that's what makes the difference in our lives. If we conform to what God says, then we will win. If we don't, then we will lose. Somebody say flame on. Never underestimate the power of your yes. I'll say that one more time. Never underestimate the power of your yes. We do a lot of things around spiritual warfare, right? We can march, we can bind, and we can lose. But guess what? None of that is more powerful than your yes. If you haven't said yes to God, then guess what? All, everything else is off the table. If we don't say yes to what God has said about us, we can do all that histrionics, that spiritual flip, 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 dip, dip. But guess what? It's not moving nothing. The devil will watch us. Some of us, now hear me, some of us have to take some steps back. I'm telling you, you're going in circles for a reason. Because God told you something 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 3 years ago, and you didn't act on it. You will never advance in the things of God beyond your last no. How about this? No decision is still a decision. We think we safe because we didn't, we didn't really say nothing. Like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to just, just, I don't even know what that is. I'm just going. It's still a decision. If it's not yes, guess what? It's no. You can dress it up. You can make it cute. But if it's not yes, it's still a no. Hallelujah. Don't ever, don't, don't ever underestimate, underestimate the power of your yes. Let's move on. Go with me to Luke chapter 11, verses 27 through 28. Luke 11, this is New Testament, one of these synoptic gospels. Luke 11, 27 through 28, glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus helps us with this. He helps us with this. He, hel he helps us to understand why honoring the word is so important. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and I'm reading from the New, New Living Translation, as he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breast that nursed you. But Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. You know, there's a few things here that we have to understand, and I believe I, I can do a little bit of help in pulling this out. First of all, in Jewish culture, genealogy meant a whole lot. And so men scored a lot of points culturally 
based on genealogy. We read the scriptures when, we, when, it's intro, when it introduces different characters or individuals. Kings say, they let us know who that person was the son of. They may mention the mother of that person, the father, and they may even go on to mention the tribe and the clan or so forth. Why? Because genealogy matters. History matters. Right? It, 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 is also, it, is, it is often indicative of your assignment and what you are on earth to do. So men's value in that day came from their ancestors. And the value of women came from the sons that they bore. I believe that's one reason why erroneously there are people in this world that worship Mary to this day. Because she received great honor and value because she was the vessel through whom God sent his only begotten son. Women's values came from the sons that they bore. And so that Jesus was responding to this woman, he, he was trying to get her to shift in her paradigm. He was, he, was trying her to, he was trying to get her to come out of her old wineskin. He was trying to help her to understand that, yes, where, where you come from and, and, and what you are, who you are connected to, has some level of value. You will be blessed, in other words, based on your pedigree in many instances and where you come from. But guess what? Even more blessed is the person who hears the word and actually does it. We cannot major on the minors and then minor on the majors. She, she, she was majoring on something that was minor. Jesus was trying to get her to understand that there's something different going on right now. That might have worked yesterday, but today is a different day. And I'm showing up with a different plan. Let me put it in a different context. A lot of times in church, all over the country, all over the world, preachers get a lot of, you know, especially in, in, in churches that are predominantly African-American, we have this tradition that comes from African culture called call and response. And, and when a preacher begins to say things that resonate with the audience, they begin to talk back to them. Say that. Well, go ahead. Right? And depending on what denomination you're a part of, you can hear a whole bunch of different things. And, and, and what I see in this text is that that's, that's what Jesus likened the words of that lady to. It was cheerleading in, in, in some respect. It was, it was religious expressions that had no power. Like, amen, Jesus. Preach, Jesus. Oh, your mother's proud of you, Jesus. But God wants us to move beyond mere words. We've been saying amen for a long time. But if we really understand what amen means, it means so be it. In other words, I agree. And if we agree, we need to be activated. If we agree, we need to be stimulated. And we need to walk in what God has called us to do. Our value comes and lies in us doing what God has said for us to do. Let me move on. We need to be liberated from our past. In other words, what happens if your pedigree isn't so great? What happens if your father uh, left a, a negative or a spoiled or soiled legacy for you? Right? What happens when that doesn't work for you? What happens when the place that you come from is despicable? What happens? Well, I want to say this to you because we can't allow those to be reasons why we don't engage the word. Because, again, God has a mandate that his people show up a certain way. Somebody say, flame on. And so we have to understand this Park Lawn Assembly of God. What God has said about you is more important than where you've been. I'll say it one more time. What God has said about you is more important than where you have been. Why? Look at Esther. She was in captivity. 
She was oppressed. Uh, by our social standards, she would have been caught up in human trafficking. But guess what? She found herself in the palace next to a king destined to be a queen. Look at Joseph, came from a family of dysfunction. He found himself in the pit in Potiphar's house and in the prison. But guess what? He was destined for the palace. What God has said about you is more important than where you have been. Look at David on the backside of the mountain, tending sheep, picking up poop, following after animals. But guess what? God anointed him and called him to be a king. Look at Gideon. He said, hey, my family is the least, is, is the weakest. And I'm even the least in my family. But guess what? When the angel showed up, he said, hey, man of valor. He didn't say, hey, weakling. He said, man of valor. He said, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. And when you have a calling on your life, all you have to do is rest in the word and the fact that God is with you. Hallelujah. What God has said is more important than where you've been. Hallelujah. Next, what happened yesterday? And even what might be happening right now is not more important than your tomorrow. Somebody say, I have a future. Hallelujah. And it's looking much better than what it may look like right now. The Bible allows us to understand that God has plans for us. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've come out of, no matter even what it looks like right now, he says, hey, I know the plans I have for you. Come on, thoughts that are good, not of evil, to give you an expected end. And so we have to come out of past, par uh, past paralysis. We get paralyzed by our yesterdays. We get paralyzed because things in the here and the now don't look so favorable. Contemporarily, we don't seem like we're going anywhere. We feel like we're on the treadmill doing a whole lot of work, but not really advancing. But God says what he has in your future. It's more important and more powerful than your past or your today. Got to come to a place of decision and say, I, I, I'm casting away a disappointment. I, I'm, I'm casting away discouragement. I'm, I'm casting away frustration. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving inadequacy and inferiority and insecurities behind. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping out of fear and I'm stepping into faith. I, I, I'm leaving my resentment and my bitterness and my, my hatred and, and my low self-esteem. I'm leaving it all behind. In order to gain that which he has for me. Somebody say flame on. You see, Johnny Storm gives us, he gives us, he gives us reasons why we need to move on. Because Johnny, as I stated, had a very rocky and tumultuous upbringing. He, 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 he was a young man that actually had some issues. And, and because of those issues, he compensated. When he got his powers, he, he flaunted it. He, he was braggadocious. He was a show-off. And so we can learn from Johnny's weaknesses just as much as we can learn from his strengths. One of the weaknesses of Johnny Storm is this. If there was no oxygen, then guess what? He couldn't flame on. Right? Fire needs oxygen in order to blaze. If there was no oxygen, he couldn't flame on. And what that points us to is the need to have the breath of God blowing on us every day of our lives. If you and I don't have access to oxygen, if you and I don't have access to the breath of God blowing on our being, we will be weak and ineffective. He could not flame on. In other words, we would not be able to respond to what God is saying if, he don't, if we don't have that sense of intimacy with him. 
And so it's not about one moment at the altar. This is a day-by-day, everyday process. I have to walk with him. I have to talk with him. He has to be my best friend. He has to be my BFF. He has to be that one that I turn to. We learn from Johnny's weaknesses. He needed oxygen. We need the breath of God. We need intimacy. The second thing we learn from Johnny Storm, we learn from his weaknesses, is that because of uh, the nature of his uh, cosmic ability and his otherworldly power, he would burn through energy very fast. And, and if you watch the movie, The Fantastic Four, you will see him, especially in the beginning of him activating his powers, he would flame out. Right? He would take off and then at a certain point, the fire would go out. And what we have to understand from that particular weakness is this. There's a pace that God wants us to operate by. Sometimes we run into walls. Sometimes, you know, I used to run track, and sometimes when that last stretch, they say the monkey jumped on your back. You know, I, I felt like this heavy weight, and I was going, I was going, I was going, I was going, and all of a sudden it seemed like something just jumped on my back, and I couldn't run like I wanted to run, and I didn't finish as strong because I didn't pace myself. Some of us are weary because we didn't pace ourselves. How do we pace ourselves? We pace ourselves by walking in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, which says this. It says, let Holy Spirit guide your life. Why? Jesus said he will come and lead you and guide you into all truth. So if you want to know what steps you should take, then follow the Holy Ghost. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. He knows when to tell you, okay, step, slide to the right, slide to the left. Crisscross, everybody clap your hands. He knows what to do. And so we have to pace ourselves by listening to Holy Spirit. Jesus said, after me is coming another comforter. I'm not going to leave you by yourself, disciples. I'm not going to leave you by yourself, Park Lawn. I'm not giving you instructions. I'm not giving you authority, but not giving you guidance. I have positioned the Holy Ghost to be the one to set the pace for you. We learn from Johnny Storm. We need, we need, we need oxygen. We need, and for our terms, the breath of God. And we need to, to learn pace so that we don't run out of energy too fast. And then another thing that we learned from Johnny Storm is this. Because of the, the, the compensation that he engaged in, because of his background, and he was really an angry guy, uh, he had a lot of different uh, uh, security issues, he was easily distracted. You watch those movies, he wanted to be in the lights. You know, when, 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 when you've gone through a lot of traumatic uh, uh, situations, you felt rejection, you felt deprived in some kind of way, the, the, the enemy will feed on those things. Uh, the Bible says that the, 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 the God cursed the serpent and said, you will eat of the dust of the earth. In other words, the dust of the earth is representative of our flesh. And when we get in the flesh, we become prey for the enemy. He was operating in pride and, and, and self-absorption, and he wanted to be puffed up, and he wanted all the attention on himself. He was easily distracted, and because of that, it compromised his ability to use his powers. And what that says to us is we have to have focus. Somebody say focus. We need intimacy, the breath of God. We need to have the pace of the Holy Ghost, 
and then we need to maintain our focus in, other, in order for us to flame on properly. In, order, in, other, in other words, in order, in order for us to honor the word and engage the word properly, we have to have focus. This means that we have to honor the word that says in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The world is full of distractions. The world is full of people that have opinions. It's full of pundits. It's full of commentators. It's full, it's full of expositors. Those who weigh in, you go on social media. I'm telling you, it will have you going crazy because everybody's got an opinion. And if you're not careful, you will be distracted from the word of God that's been spoken over your life. If you're not careful, you will be distracted from the word that God has given Park Lawn. And because you're distracted, it throws off the whole body. Why? Because the Bible says every joint should supply. Every member has a contribution. So even though I might be doing what I'm supposed to do and others might be doing what they're supposed to do, guess what? There are no insignificant members of the body of Christ. You must must engage the word of God that has been spoken to you. Can't be distracted. Got to look unto Jesus. Got to set our affections on things above. Colossians 3 uh, verse 1. We have to think on these things that are beautiful, that are lovely, that are pure, that are honorable, that are trustworthy, that are excellent, that are praiseworthy. Think on those things the Bible says. We've got to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Johnny Storm's weaknesses give us clues to what we need to do so that we can flame on. Somebody say, flame on. God has a purpose and a destiny for Park Lawn. Our mission is to bring light to the world. Ye are the light of the world. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. This is what he said when he was teaching. You are the light of the world. He says later, actually two verses later, let your light so shine so that others may see your good deeds, your good works, and then glorify the Father. In other words, when we honor God by doing what he says, we light up the world. We flame on. And when we honor God by doing what he says, guess what? We bring him glory. Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 4, he said, Father, I have brought you glory by doing what you gave me to do. He said, God, I finished the work that you gave me to do. And as a result, I gave you glory. You and I will rob God of glory, even if it's not our intention. We will rob him of glory if we don't engage the word. Somebody say engage the word. Somebody say flame on. Now I'm almost done. There's one more thing I want to point out about this phenomenon of Johnny Storm and ministers of God being flames of fire. Fire is dynamic. Fire gets people's attention. During the Azusa Street Revival, there were reports, people reported seeing the roof on fire. And they would call the fire department. They would try to go get help because they would see flames of fire on the building. The, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. They would call the fire department, people of God. This is true. Because people saw literal flames. But when the fire department arrived, the building wasn't on fire. It was the fire of the Holy Ghost. 
And one observer said this. He said, when the flames of fire would appear, sometimes on the altar, sometimes up the walls, he said, when the flames of fire would appear, that's when miracles would happen. So when you and I engage the word of God, we flame on, miracles will begin to happen, healings will begin to happen, and heaven will kiss earth. Fire is dynamic. It brings heat. It fuels it destroys, but it also brings light. And it's interesting because the phenomenon of sight cannot happen without light. Did y'all catch them bars? I'm not an MC, just a dude who rap. The phenomenon of sight cannot happen without light. In other words, what happens is light comes through our pupil. It hits the back of our eye called the retina, and the retina transmits those, those light waves to these nerve endings, uh, and they begin to send signals to the brain. And so what actually happens, we don't actually see the object, we see the light. And God has ordained that knowledge. In other words, we come to know what's in front of us because of light. That's why in total darkness you don't know what's in front of you. If you walk into this sanctuary and it's pitch dark, you will not know where you are. You will not know what's in front of you. In other words, you will not be enlightened and there will be no knowledge that you possess to help you to navigate. And so we need light. And God has ordained that his servants, this is why Jesus said you are the light of the world. Because he understood the anatomy of the human body. He understood the principle of light and, what it and how it pertains to knowledge. In other words, disciples is another term for pupil. And what God does is he gives his light, his inspiration to pupils who will then convey that light to others. In other words, we bring knowledge of the glory of God. We bring knowledge about who God is by being light in the world. Somebody say flame on. So we cannot fulfill the great commission. We cannot walk in the great commandment, saints of God, unless we flame on. Somebody say flame on. It's not an option to be the light of the world. It is a command. You are the light of the world. When we do what God has said, we bring light. Psalm 119, 130 says this, the entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of your word gives light. So when we receive the word, we get knowledge and revelation. We light up. Inspiration comes to us. We are able to see what we did not see prior. And what happens to us, God wants to happen through us. And so we have to light up, saints of God. We have to flame on. We have to engage the word. We have to allow the power of God to engulf us, to overtake us, to rid us of the impurities, to, to free us of our baggage so that we can walk in the things that he called us to. As I begin to close, I want you to consider this verse. John chapter 9, verse 5. Jesus, in the book of John, perhaps more than any other gospel book, was asserting his deity. He was asserting his deity. And he says this. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. There's, there's a dark day coming 
when there's no work that could be done because the light will go. And the Bible tells us that we are children of the day. We are children of light. So just as Jesus set the pattern and the blueprint, we need to echo those sentiments and those words and declare out of our mouths, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. God has called us to be lights, people of God. He's called us to, to have a dynamic life, to journey with them, to have an adventure of love, an adventure of faith, an adventure of the miraculous. And just like with Johnny Storm, the power of God wants to apprehend us for his purpose. Johnny Storm didn't know what hit him. He didn't even understand why it happened. But what he, what he did come to realize is because of what happened to him, he was never the same. And God wants us to understand that with his supernatural flowing in our lives and working on us and, and working through us, we, can we, we should never be the same. We don't have to stay the same. Today, we want to pray for some people who understand that, yes, there's some things that God has called me to do. And I, I may not have been engaging in those things as he's called me to. Maybe it's personally. Maybe it's some assignments that God has given you for your family. He raised you up for a reason. Maybe it's here in the church. Maybe it's in the community. But whatever it is, you recognize that I'm not fulfilling all that he has for me to do. We want to pray for you. If we can have our prayer team come forward. We want to pray for you today. If you don't mind, just close your eyes. I want you to think about it for a moment. Think about it for a moment. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that in him who Christ the word was life and that life was the light of men. Again allowing us to know that there would never be light unless the word comes forth and does what it's supposed to do. Parkline Assembly of God exists to share the light, life, and love of Jesus Christ. As a part of this mission, join us for special services, workshops, and encounters. Parkline Assembly of God is located at 3725 North Sherman Boulevard, right in the heart of the city of Milwaukee. You can contact us by phone or on the web at either 414-442-7411 or at www.parklawn.org. I hope to meet you soon.